Reactor online. Sensors online. Weapons online. All systems nominal. Hello, everybody. This is Kerry here with the Unicorn Company podcast. All right, so getting into news, we really don't have anything there to report on um, except for MechWarrior Online, or no, MechWarrior 5 has released a new um, teaser for the Clan Invasion expansion, uh, which is actually a standalone game. Um, and from what I understand, you will be playing the part of a Smoke Jaguar Mech Warrior. Um, other than that, I really don't have too much to report on. I do know that there was supposed to be a local uh, tournament here in the Maryland, Virginia area, which did get canceled. Um, it was supposed to be October 2nd, or sorry, October 7th. They're looking to reschedule sometime in December. Also, uh, as of right now, all of the slots for Southern Assault 3 are filled, and um, there will apparently be two special guests playing in the event. So other than news, that's all we have for today. So let's get on to our main subject. So today we are going to be talking about Alpha Strike, and there is a lot of discussion out there about which is better, Classic Battletech or Alpha Strike. While I talk a lot about Alpha Strike here on the channel, I wasn't always the biggest champion of the system. I think, though, that before we discuss which one is better, um, we should discuss the origins of the two different systems. So, what we know now as Alpha Strike has its roots in a system called Battle Force 2. This system was intended to allow players to run regimental level games, moving and using entire lances of mechs, vehicles, and companies of infantry on the battlefield on a hex map. The game itself saw limited success, but as part of the process of making the game, they essentially turned each mech into a stat line that many Alpha Strike players would find vaguely familiar, though not quite right. Eventually, players realized that you could play each mech individually, which led to the creation of a spin-off from Battle Force 2 called Quick Strike. Quick Strike itself had flaws, a great many of them, in fact. Uh, this didn't stop many of us, though, from pushing that system. In fact, as part of my efforts, I actually ran an event, the Battle of Chancellorsville, at a Historicon using the Quick Strike rules. While the game was interesting, it did highlight the flaws in that system, and I was swear it was going to cause one of the writers at the time, um, Paul Siarden, to have a stress aneurysm. Uh, Paul, though, did survive, and the game was something of a success. I also ran a quick strike grinder that year, and it was actually a lot more engaging and fun. Not too long after uh, this, though, Alpha Strike was announced. The rulebook and then the companion came out at first. Now we had the first two Force books. Uh, these were the Draconis Combine and Mercenaries, which introduced new lance types. 
In addition to these, we also started getting lance packs through Catalyst, the precursor to the modern lance packs, actually. Um, these lance packs used existing models to create plastic models and molds that were uh, seen as a financial failure, with many being discounted in the end before being discontinued. Then something wonderful happened. The clan invasion Kickstarter as well as the last major revision to the Alpha Strike rules. Uh, from this, there were two major benefits. The first of these was the rules. In Alpha Strike Commander's Edition, we had a complete and comprehensive rule set. You could say that Alpha Strike had finally matured into something with its own identity. The Clan Invasion Kickstarter had two effects. First, it gave players both new and old modern miniatures. It also, though, put Alpha Strike cards in each of the Force Packs, which means it was putting Alpha Strike cards into the hands of every person that bought a Force Pack. Now, it is my understanding that the inclusion of the cards turned the Force Packs from just being boxes of minis into a gaming supplement, which allows them to circumvent any restrictions that they may have in place in dealing with minis in regards to Ironwind Metals. But that is just an old lady's theory and not a fact. The final big boost to the game, though, Alpha Strike, that is, is the new box set that includes both Inner Sphere and Clan Mechs. It also includes some cardstock buildings as well as heavy cardstock trees. With its own starter, Alpha Strike is now a viable entry point into the game as its own entity. Now that we have had that brief look at the system and where it came from, let's actually see which is a better point, entry point. Uh, the first thing I'd like to point out that neither system is better than the other. It is more a matter of what kind of gameplay suits you. Classic Battletech is a system that has gone through little revision over the course of its lifespan. The game is more detail-oriented than Alpha Strike and is far more granular in its gameplay. In Classic, each mech is represented by a full-page record sheet where you track damage in multiple locations and decide individually which weapons to attack with. The game is best suited to matchups of 1-on-1 -on -one to 4-on-4 -four -four to get a game done in a reasonable amount of time. Battletech is also usually played on hex maps, generally paper, Though in the past few years, there has been an upswing in 3D hex terrain due to the rising popularity of 3D printing and how that is making affordable terrain for Battletech more readily available. <clears throat> Alpha Strike is a game that plays more like a miniatures war game, like Warhammer or um, Bolt Action, Flames of War, or Team Yankee. Uh, gameplay is more fast-paced, with the system using an all-or-nothing damage approach in its base system, um, although you can use a different system for each die, um, or each pip of damage. It also uses set damage values and range brackets instead of each weapon having its own stat line. Now, while mechs are the main focus of both systems, they both integrate infantry, battle armor, vehicles, and aerospace assets into the game. Because of the differences in the systems, though, each one has to handle them differently. Battletech, given its very granular nature, has a myriad of rules concerning all these different units. 
As the game itself began as just mech-on-mech -mech combat, vehicles, infantry, and aerospace assets were sort of grafted onto the game over time. First through box sets, such as City Tech and Aerotech, uh, dedicated to different theaters of combat, and each adding different elements, such as infantry, vehicles, and so on. There were various attempts to mesh everything together through books like the Battletech Compendium and later Total Warfare, and while they have made some progress on making everything feel like it is all part of one system, Battletech generally excels in that small unit or even one-on-one -on -one mech combat. Whereas Battletech grew into its vehicles, infantry, and other units, Alpha Strike was developed with all of these. Um, and they are totally baked into the base system. And because of this, playing a combined arms game of Alpha Strike just feels more natural. Of course, the downside to this is that very robust infantry and battle tech are reduced to a few dots of armor and structure. Vehicles are easier to use in Alpha Strike and are a bit more robust as they cannot have their turret locked in a single direction like they can in Classic, and they can still suffer motive damage, but they do not find themselves dueling or dealing with classic vehicle killers like LBX auto cannons or masked short-range missile fire, meaning that there is less of a chance for that immobilization. Also, without multiple armor facings, many vehicles find themselves very up-armored when compared to some mechs of a similar weight class in the size 3 and 4 categories. This tends to be a major boost to some of the biggest and heaviest tanks in the game. Another difference between the systems is how aerospace is handled. Alpha Strike Aerospace and even Capital Games can be played independently in both systems. These assets can also be integrated into their ground-based counterparts, though once again it feels like the Alpha Strike version more easily integrates Alpha Strike or integrates aerospace support into the ground combat. The last thing to truly look at is the amount of record keeping involved with each game. Let's start with classic Battletech. Battletech has much of its roots in tactical board games of the late 70s and early 80s, with a bit of RPG elements thrown in. Between its hex-based movement system and its detailed damage system, Battletech is a game that appeals to those who prefer their giant stompy robot combat to be very crunchy and detail-oriented. Alpha Strike is in many ways the polar opposite, with each unit being reduced to just a few lines of information and free of Battletech's hex-based movement system. This game plays much like most modern war games. While the game is based in the same universe, it doesn't translate directly one-to-one -one with its older counterpart, which can be a shock if someone switches from one system to the other. So, what is the conclusion here? Is Alpha Strike the right version of Battletech for you? The answer is that I can't tell you that. And it really depends on what you want and your gaming experiences and expectations. If you want, to, you want a game that is incredibly granular, has tons of paperwork, and gives you a paper-based simulation feel, then you will probably lean towards classic Battletech. If you want a game, though, that allows you to command a company of mechs or even a combined arms company and even larger formations in team games that can be finished in a couple of hours, 
then you should definitely check out Alpha Strike. Now, before we go into our mech tech segment of the day, I want to mention our sponsor, Fortress Miniatures and Games. If you haven't gotten into Alpha Strike, but it interests you, Fortress has the box set on sale for $59.99. Additionally, Fortress has everything you need for both classic Battletech and Alpha Strike, from minis and terrain to rulebooks and accessories. So remember, FortressMiniaturesAndGames.com for all of your Battletech needs. Now, let's take a look at this episode's mech tech. One of the mechs featured in the Alpha Strike box, the Pouncer. The Pouncer is an interesting Omni-mech in that its roots are shared with its contemporary, the Cougar, where the Cougar is Clan Jade Falcon's approach to reimagining the Adder Omni-mech, Clan Wolf introduced the Pouncer. The Pouncer is a moderately fast 40-ton Omni-mech that was designed specifically to combat inner sphere forces, using its speed to allow it to overtake its opponents swiftly and move in advance of clan main battle line units. The base chassis of the Pouncer is 40 tons and is fitted with a 240-rated extra light engine, giving it a top speed of 97.2 kilometers an hour. For added mobility, the mech has in its base chassis five jump jets, allowing it to jump up to 150 meters at a time. The Pouncer is built on a lightweight endosteel chassis and is protected by six tons of armor, which is respectable for a mech of its size. Finally, for cooling, it carries 12 double heat sinks. The Pouncer's base chassis has 15 and a half tons of available pod space. So not quite half of its total mass. The prime configuration of the Pouncer is armed with two arm-mounted ERP PCs. As a backup weapon and almost seemingly an afterthought, the Pouncer carries an ER small laser in its left torso. This configuration of the Pouncer most resembles the Adder. Uh, this configuration does have the weakness of poor heat sinking and because of this must stagger its fire and must also use its jump jets to hit and fade to avoid reprisals from enemy units if it pushes its heat too far. The battle value of the primary configuration of the Pouncer is 2557. The Alpha configuration is a capable, if lightweight, missile boat. This configuration mounts a pair of LRM-15 launchers with one in each arm, which are each supplied with two tons of case-protected ammunition. As secondary weapons, it carries a pair of ER medium lasers in each side torso with a single rear-mounted ER small laser in case it is outflanked. The Alpha configuration has a battle value of 2081. The Bravo configuration of the Pouncer is a mixed bag of a mech. It is a sniper with its two ER large lasers and its LRM-10 launcher. It has a close, it's a close range fighter with its two SRM-4 launchers, making it a capable all-round fighter. The Bravo configuration has a battle value of 1836. The next configuration is Charlie. Uh, this configuration depends heavily on its right arm mounted Ultra Auto Cannon 10 as its primary weapon. Backing this up, the Pouncer C has a pair of ER medium lasers in its left arm and a trio of ER small lasers. In my opinion, this is a major step down from the Prime and it's reflected in its battle value of 1653. Delta configuration is a mech that feels like a mix of Nova and Cougar. 
It has an impressive six ER medium lasers with three in each arm. It also has a pair of Streak SRM-6 launchers, one in each of the side torsos, and an ER small laser in the rear right torso. All of its laser weapons are linked to a targeting computer, making them even more accurate than just from the, range, the extended ranges that they have imparted upon them. The Delta has a battle value of 2246. So the obligatory advanced tactical missile configuration, the ECHO, is built around a pair of advanced tactical missile launcher nines, one in each arm. The ECHO has a left torso ER medium laser and an ER micro laser in each side torso. The mech does carry four tons of ammunition for its launchers, allowing it to carry all three ammunition types, and it gives it an incredibly large amount of flexibility on the battlefield. The Echo has a battle value of 1632. So the chaos of the Blakist era would spawn the next configuration, the Foxtrot. Um, dealing with vehicles and infantry, this configuration is designed to neutralize them with extreme prejudice. As its primary weapons, it carries a plasma cannon and in its right arm, in its right arm, uh, this is supported by two ER flamers and two heavy flamers in its right arm with a single ER medium laser as its only non-heat weapon. It also carries an active probe to detect its prey. Foxtrot configuration has a battle value of 1308 and is very niche but super effective in that niche. Uh, the Gulf configuration is a terrifying brawler in its Right arm, it has three improved heavy medium lasers and three medium pulse lasers in its right torso. Its left arm carries four SRM-4 launchers with two tons of ammunition protected by case two in its left torso, making it even harder to kill. Uh, this short range monster has a battle value of 1808. And I'm, I know everything is done on a point scale, but that seems a little bit low for something that deadly. Uh, hotel configuration is built around standard heavy medium lasers with two in each arm. Uh, heavy small lasers also carried in its left arm. All of these are linked to a targeting computer and these are supported by a pair of Streak SRM-6 launchers with one in each side torso. Uh, this configuration has a battle value of 1784. <clears throat> India configuration is uh, utilizes only two weapon systems, an extended range large pulse laser in its left arm and an LRM-20 launcher fitted with Artemis 5, uh, giving it an incredible amount of accuracy. Now, this is literally bleeding edge technology for when this mech was built. But quite frankly, it does feel like it's undergunned, um, even given that it's medium weight. Um, it does have a, have a battle value, though, of 1781. Tango is a mixed tech configuration with an inner sphere plasma rifle in each arm and a single ER small laser in its left torso. Uh, this configuration is deadly not only from its damage it can put out, but how it can cook an enemy pilot at range. Uh, this walking air fryer of a uh, mech has a battle value of 1573.
Then we have the whiskey configuration. It mounts a large pulse laser in each arm um, with a improved heavy medium laser with case two in its left torso. So this thing can hit you very far, very accurately, like incredibly accurately. And if you do get close, it is going to beat you in the face with a very powerful laser. Um, the configuration for this one is 1751. Now finally, a true oddity is the X-ray variant. Uh, this configuration uses a supercharger to push its top speed to 129 kilometers an hour. It also has a defensive system, um, a, a laser anti-missile system. Um, so it's not dependent on ammunition, for that at least. In its left torso, it carries a plasma rifle, and it has an impressive brace of seven improved heavy small lasers in its left arm. Where it gets really unique, though, is its use of a lance in its right arm. This melee-focused Omnimech is incredibly strong and deadly, in addition to being weird and strange beyond belief, given the clan's thoughts on uh, physical attacks, at least until the Ill Clan era and the Jade Falcons discovered you could attach claws to their jumping mechs. Um, this configuration has a battle value of 1455. So overall, the Pouncer is an interesting machine with variants that sometimes fill roles very well, and other times, well, feel like an engineer got to play in the sandbox mode with the unit, trying to pot out the configuration so that the con wouldn't demote them to the laborer cast. Having seen what it can do at classic Battletech, though, let's see what it can do in Alpha Strike. Being an Omnimech, some of the stats will stay the same for, for the most part. Um, so these things that will stay mostly the same are type battle mech, size 2, TMM of 2, movement of 12, armor of 4, structure of 2, and omni. So now that that part's established, let's begin with the prime. In its primary configuration, the pouncer is a sniper that comes in at 31 points. It has a damage value of 3 at every range with an overheat of 1. For specials, it has ENE and overheat long and feels a lot like the adder as, that it's derived from. Um, alpha configuration comes in at 36 points and is a missile boat. Uh, these five points over the prime get you some added damage and utility as it does four at short and medium and two at long with one overheat. Uh, the mech has specials of case, indirect fire 2, LRM of 112, and rear of 110. So it can shoot in every direction um, and has some utility there. Uh, the Bravo configuration is almost a complete clone of the Prime. Uh, where it differs is that it is 32 points and has specials of case and indirect fire 1. So yeah, it's pretty much a indirect fire version of the Prime. Not bad, but not amazing. Uh, the first of the heavy hitters in the Pouncer's configurations, <clears throat> the Charlie is a 37-point striker. It does 5 damage at short and medium range with 2 at long and doesn't have an overheat value. Aside from the baseline Omni Special, it has case and is a relatively powerful beat stick for its size. Uh, Delta is a cheaper striker with a trick up its sleeve. It is 33 points and does 4 damage at short and medium with no long range firepower. 
It does, however, have an overheat of 3 and added specials of case and rear 1-1-0. Depending on how you use this mech, it can be extremely dangerous. If you can jump in and alpha strike a target, then jump away to safety to cool off and do it again the next turn. In its echo configuration, the Pouncer is once again a striker at 35, though it would need to fight like a brawler. It does 6 at short range, 4 at medium, and 2 at long, with no overheat value. This means that to make the most of its firepower, it needs to close to short range and fast. It does have case as a special, though, uh, that is not too valuable given it only has structure of 2. Uh, Foxtrot is the hopped-up hibachi configuration and counts as a scout at 29 points. It uh, has low damage values of 2 at short and medium ranges and lacks a value at long. Um, or an overheat. It's specials though. It has a spicy trick. It has case... Heat of 221, Probe, Recon, and Remote um, Sensor Dispenser 1. The Heat ability is what makes this configuration truly scary, as it can cripple an enemy, making it an easier target for its teammates. Um, golf configuration we have next, and that is another beat stick with short and medium values of 5, no long value, and an overheat of 3. It is a more effective heavy, heavy hitter than a Charlie, and it is a striker that costs 37 points and has specials of case 2 and SRM 1-1 meaning it can ignore ammo explosions and in casual play use SRM special munitions. Uh, Hotel is a 36 point striker with an almost identical values as a golf with, no, with an overheat of only 1. Um, all the other damage values are the same it also has the case special instead of case 2 um, or SRM, making it the wish version of the Gulf and Alpha Strike. India configuration feels much like the Prime again, though it is a missile boat and it comes in at 31 points. It does 3 damage at every range and it doesn't have an overheat. Its specials are case 2 and indirect fire 1, meaning it is just as survivable with slightly more utility. Tango configuration has a lot in common with the Foxtrot, but leans slightly more towards damage over heat. It has a cost of 29 again and is a scout. Uh, the mech does 3 damage at short and medium and lacks a long or overheat. Its specials are ENE and heat of 1 1 nil, making it better at hitting than, than cooking its opponents. Uh, the Whiskey configuration feels like a better prime. It is a sniper and costs 34. Does 4 damage at short and medium with 3 at long, and it doesn't have an overheat. Its only additional special is Case 2, uh, which increases its survivability. Finally, we have the weirdest configuration, the X-Ray. Uh, this setup has an increased speed and target movement modifier with a target movement mod of 3 and a speed of 16. Uh, this odd striker is 33 points and only does damage at short range of 4 and can overheat for 1. Much like Foxtrot, the real value is in its speed abilities. 
your special ability, sorry. Um, it has anti-missile system, case, heat of 111, jump weak one, and melee. This machine runs up to you and can shoot you and then overheat, well, and overheat, and then cool off. The next turn, it can go smack somebody in melee while it's cooling off. Um, so yeah, I muddled that sentence, but yeah, pretty much it runs up to you, overheats, and then it goes, either follows you or finds another target, melees them and loses all that heat, and then it just washes, rinses, and repeats. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if you want to help support the podcast, then you can do so by going to patriot.com slash unicorn company. Uh, we have several different tiers, um, and also I'm doing some restructuring. Once I get the review videos out, I'll start giving away products that we reviewed. Um, so thank you so much for listening. This is Carrie, hoping you have a great day, great evening, great whatever it is where you are. Signing off. I'm gonna find my meaning, I can make a change. I wanna play the game. You wanna sink or swim? I'm gonna go.